Well, hello and welcome to Get Informed America, the show that breaks through the mainstream media box to bring you real smart news. Hi, I'm Dave Oakenquist from Informed American, and joining me is the smartest man I know and the editor of InformedAmerican.com, Rodney Johnson. Rodney, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely, Dave. Great to have you here. You know, how lucky am I and how lucky are all of we that uh, the smartest man that I know also happens to also happens to be the editor of InformedAmerican.com. So it's great to be able to bounce off uh, the topics of the day, topics of the week, yeah. uh, some some heavy, some light, some silly, some uh, some very serious. So that, that is our world, Rodney, in 2020. Uh, and I think maybe a good illustration of the silly and the crazy and uh, an example of the ongoing culture war, if we jump right in, Rodney, is uh, this Goodyear story as uh, a leaked image from what appeared to be, uh, good, of course, Goodyear tires, uh, either a training seminar or something for employees about which attire is allowed and which attire is not allowed. And you had a story on this on informedamerican.com, a uh, title here for everyone to check it out. It's true. Now even your tires are political. Uh, Goodyear bans MAGA hats allows BLM. And uh, I've, I've shown this. I did do a quick video on this, but uh, Rodney, for the audience, I'm going to show uh, that or material. Now, this blew up as this image circulated around, and uh, it really things really heated up. Rodney, as I throw it over to you, when the president called for a boycott of Goodyear, what do you make of the situation? I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's just so interesting to me that uh, uh, a corporation would have out there. And, and by the way, Goodyear says, "Hey, this wasn't <laughs> us. This was this this didn't come from corporate whatever." But they can say that all they want. It was in one of their training sessions, certainly. And even their statement, distancing from it, said, you know, we want things that are inclusive and in racial equity and social justice. So they essentially said, yeah, we're pretty much on board. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I but look at what they're saying you can't do. You, you can't make a statement that says I am supportive of law enforcement. You cannot make a statement that you are supportive of the president of the United States of America. I don't care who it is. It's the president of the United States of America. And so I, I just find it uh, essentially a travesty. And so they, they injected themselves. Yeah. When they said you can do X, but you cannot do Y, then they created the situation of, well, wait a second. You're now, you're now picking winners and losers on a whole different front. Has nothing to do with tires. And so if you're going to pick winners and losers over there, guess what? Some of the people that you tag as losers are going to be pretty annoyed. <laughs> Why would they buy your yeah. tires, right? You, you identified them. And so um, I, I think uh, the president has done a lot of things as a populist. And this is another one where he says, you know, go, we should ban or, or boycott, boycott yeah. not ban, but boycott Goodyear. And he's, he's allowed to say that as a citizen of the United States. Now, historically, presidents wouldn't say that kind of thing, but he's not an historical president. <laughs> and so I look at it and think uh, somebody should be calling these corporations to account for the silliness they're getting involved in. It just makes no sense. Uh, I agree. And Roddy, you know, beyond picking winners and losers, uh, to me, what's more nefarious about this is this Orwellian decision of what is political and what isn't political. And, and we, we've heard these tactics, uh, you know, like, say, Say climate change, uh, just to give another example. That you know, that's not political. Uh, so when I come up with my policies to solve this non-political issue, you can't oppose me because then you're being political, kind of a thing. And this idea that Black Lives Matter is not political—it's the most <laughs> one of the most ridiculous things I've heard of the year. Wouldn't you agree with that? 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I find it all to be a shift of language in order to get yeah, your exactly. way, right? And it, you say Orwellian, you know, in 1984 in the Ministry of Truth where everything was an untruth. Uh, and, and it's kind of that way. Um, but again, I, I find it to be a, a very um, poorly thought out strategy by Goodyear uh, to use the words that they did and to do the things they did. And so really, they should just punt the whole thing. <laughs> if you're going to allow it, allow yeah. it all. Everything except words that we all know to be offensive, right? The curse words, whatever. If you're not going to allow it, then don't allow any of it and move on and make stupid tires. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly. Uh, and also, I want to, uh, uh, all of you watching, uh, I can see, I'd love to know what you think about this Goodyear situation and all the topics that we covered today. Go ahead and comment uh, just below the video. I, I can see those and read those and interact with those in, in real time. So uh, I want to encourage you to do that. Rodney, uh, Goodyear, well, I got I got two two more things on this. There is an update on uh, from Goodyear. Apparently, they did what I think is a sensible thing, uh, which is to, to clarify their position. They, they kind of backed down because, as you mentioned, um, uh, who's going to buy their tires? Well, apparently, a lot of police, <laughs> local police, they have, they, you know, they patrol on tires. And Goodyear, you know, they supply a lot of tires to patrol cars. Could you imagine if every police department in the United States stopped buying Goodyear tires? So maybe, you know, maybe we need to we need to pump the brakes on this a little bit. Uh, but uh, it, but they did clarify uh, is. So it appears the new rule now will allow, um, let's say BLM, as mentioned before, will allow statements like all lives matter, blue lives matter, that sort of thing, and just a blanket um, uh, 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 ban on uh, overtly political things, like things from campaigns. So that would include MAGA, that would include Biden right. things. I think that's pretty fair. What do you think about that? Uh Fair, yeah, okay. So you want um, the whole thing? I mean, you want just just allow whatever you want? <laughs> Is that? I want it okay, either yeah. way, all of it or none of it. Because it, at some level, to your point of just a couple of minutes ago, is Black Lives Matter political? I, and yeah, if it yeah, is, it is yeah. then guess what? You're now being included. Right. And so it just, I, I think that they're parsing something they don't need to be in. They need to be focused on making stupid tires. And so um, <laughs> if this... If this becomes widespread, which I think yeah. it is, uh, the business roundtable that was actually just about a year ago, by the way, where the 181 uh, leaders of the larger corporations in America said, hey, it's no longer shareholder capitalism. It's now stakeholder mm -hmm. capitalism. We have to not just be beholden to shareholders, but also uh, the workers, the community, blah, 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 blah. They're, they're running far afield of what they're supposed to do. Because it's the arrogance of saying, well, I run a company that makes tires, therefore I have knowledge and ability to make decisions in socioeconomics. It's like, are you stupid? No, you don't have that capability. You haven't proven it, right? You don't have a history of it. And so why would you go there? And so I, I am not a fan. <laughs> I, I believe in, you know, letting people work in their personal area and move along. Go to jo your job, do your job. You want to talk about something on break, knock yourself out. But the corporation should stay as far afield of this as possible. Agree. Uh, we got a comment here from Rosie Phillips. Uh, not uh, Sorry, one more on my no list, says Rosie Phillips. So she's not a fan of Goodyear. She will not be buying Goodyear tires. Um, Rodney, there Well, that's just it. I, you don't... What, what do you win? What does Goodyear win by any of this, right? They don't do a better job of serving their clients no. of... of but I, I presume they think they make the best tires, right? And so what they've just done is lost Rosie. 
What they've just done is lost a number of people that commented on our website who said, I was going to buy tires this week, today. One gentleman, Larry, I believe, was going to buy tires today. And he said he is not going to buy them now. He's going to go to another store. It just makes no sense, right? For something for politics, where those tires could have been the best fit for their car, now for an unrelated reason, they're gone. Uh, there was a funny meme you might appreciate. It was uh, basically like a cartoon with that that leaked image that that I showed the audience earlier, uh, and uh, it's almost like a Dilbert situation where one worker says, "How is this going to help us sell tires?" and the other worker goes says, says "Tires." <laughs> so, exactly. Not, yeah. Exactly. Right. So they're not selling. Uh, yeah. So the point made there. Now I want to ask you really on prime. I promise, Rodney. Last question on this before we move on. Uh, this issue of uh, conservative minded folks. Um, are typically not active. Uh, they're not boycotters. They generally want to be left alone. Um, but uh, I think this was an interesting demonstration of uh, at least getting your point across. I think I think boycotts in and of themselves are generally going to be ineffective, but that's maybe not the point. The point is to wear, uh, raise awareness to something that you find unacceptable. What do you think of that? Nah, no, <laughs> I haven't done a study of okay. it. Um, so I, 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 no blanket statements because I don't know the okay. answer. Um, anecdotally, what you see, right? Uh, you don't see a lot of big conservative um, uh, boycotts or demonstrations like that. Really, what you instead see are people vote with their pocketbook. And and the Goya thing from you know just a few yeah. weeks ago is a great example where you know there was this call to boycott Goya because the CEO had appeared at the White House and said supportive things to the president. And instead, what happened was their products were bought off the shelves. I mean, at record numbers, they couldn't keep up. And so I think you see more of that where uh, conservative people tend to actually uh, place a vote with their checkbook by either buying something like Goya, or in this case, not buying it by Goodyear, which in, in you know, at some level has a much bigger effect. Uh, so now we've got our food is political, our, our seasonings, um, our tires. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have the pen. What's going to be, where's the next fight going to be? It's unbelievable. Well, and that's just it. And, and so we can't, and, and I apologize for spending too much time Please on this. Do. It's important. Apologize yeah, or spend time on it. Let's not go um, so it's, it's important because when companies start to politicize, yeah. They change our behavior because they're making a statement that they they believe in a certain way as a as a as a corporate entity, which I find idiocy to begin with. But the leaders say, well, this is what all of us strive for. And it sets us sets up an us and them. Right. Which how does it help anyone? And so I'm not better served by buying spices because the CEO Goya uh, decided that he supports or doesn't support someone. I really shouldn't include that in my thinking because what do I care, right? And somebody would say, well, but that person then uses the wealth of the company to support this thing, blah, blah, blah. That's the end of the day, right? It's the money. And so if these companies are then supporting certain ideas, uh, whichever you know end of the political spectrum they're on, then they're using the wealth of the company to do it. And that's not theirs yeah. to do. That, that's always my point. They don't own that. That's owned by the shareholders. And who can tell you that all the shareholders agree that you should hold this position or that one? That's why I think they should stay completely clear of it and just move on and do their I job. I agree 100%. Uh, and Rodney, let us move on. Well, actually, I was going to say, let's move on to what's going on in Washington and something more serious. Uh, but uh, I, I've also read that politics is downstream from culture. So it could be that these culture wars are actually more important uh, than what happens uh, in Washington because it, because it's 
because uh, th- those larger battles do inform uh, sort of what happens in Washington. But what's going on in Washington now? There's a story here out of informedamerican.com. We're still talking about uh, further COVID-19 relief. Trump pushes, quote, skinny bill again to help uh, the unemployed. Well, Democrats reject it again. Uh, this is another story you put up, Rodney, and basically kind of the state of where we are right now. Uh, we know that the Democrats passed that massive relief package in May. Republicans came back to the table uh, about two months later uh, with a, with a lowball offer, if you, if you want to call it that, or at least lower than what the Democrats passed. And they could not come up with an agreement. And the president passed his exe- or I'm sorry, signed his executive orders. And we and uh, we all wait. And the Congress has been in recess. Now there's this post office stuff, which is of all things to get the Democrats back. Maybe we can touch on that before we get <laughs> out of here. Uh, but uh, ostensibly, the Democrats were, or Nancy Pelosi called the Democrats back to, to pass immediate postal relief. Uh, and then Republicans are here saying, well, since you're coming to town, we're not going to worry about that. But maybe we could do something about the unemployed in our country. Maybe can we do that? Uh, so so where are we here, Ronnie, in the state of the negotiations and what we can uh, potentially see in the next coming days or or the next day? Well, like you said, uh, the Democrats passed a $3.5 trillion bill uh, in the House in May. And so they took an early stab at it and give them credit for it, right? They did this a long time ago. The Republicans waited until the week that uh, benefits were expiring to pass something much smaller in the Senate. Uh, and, And whether it's negotiating or whatever they did... They did it, right? They waited till the last minute. And so they they created some of this mess. And so clearly they're far apart. Now, the Democrats have said, look, we'll come back to the negotiating table as soon as the Republicans agree to spend at least $2 trillion. That doesn't mean it's going to be $2 trillion. They, they want them to start there yeah. as a floor. Um, I, I don't know that that's going to work. Um, but to your point, now what we have is almost a month has passed since the Republican um, bill passed the mm-hmm. Senate. Nothing's gotten done. And the president had said, has said, hey, when the Democrats come back to vote on this, you know, essentially forgiving a loan made to the post office by the CARES right. Act on Saturday, include this skinny bill. It's not do it instead of the post office. It's included in that same vote so that you pass a trillion dollar measure that, you know, gets the federal um, unemployment bonus check back in people's hands, that sort of thing. And there's no sign yet that that's going to happen. But, you know, it's tomorrow. It could happen. Um, Should it happen? Well, you know, everybody gets to decide. Should, when these two sides can't agree on something, pass the small piece that both sides agree on? The Democrats would say, well, that's just giving in because we're not getting this bigger thing. The Republicans would say, well, wait a second. This is what we all agree we want. Let's do this. In this instance, what you have is millions of unemployed Americans not knowing if they can make their rent or pay for food. Now, they say that when they pass, on both sides say that when they pass something, it's going to be retroactive to August 1st. That doesn't change the calendar. You still have to pay rent on September 1. And so you're still missing all these different markers. And by the way, you can't buy food retroactively. Right. And so uh, <laughs> it's it's a very difficult situation for people who were counting on that money. Yeah, and, and, and of course, and that money doesn't go out instantaneously either. Uh, right. It takes several yeah, weeks. Exactly. So... Because it, it doesn't go out through the federal government. It has to go out through the state programs and blah, 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 blah. It gets complicated in the paperwork, but it does take several weeks to get out. Agree. The and uh, for my for my point, I agree on the skinny bill. That's uh, basically some that's been my position for a bit is just pass what you can, guys. I mean, what the heck with this got to do three trillion? Just, you know, if it means 
you know, 500 billion here for targeted things that you agree with, and then and then work out the details later. Love to know what you all think about of uh, what's going on here with the negotiations. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, the, as we're talking about the postal uh, service issue, Rodney, the uh, Postmaster General uh, Louis DeJoy is going to, is testifying before Congress, I believe, as we speak. In fact. Um, there's an uh, ongoing – well, there was – I mean, I guess I'm just going to call this a conspiracy theory and something I addressed to the <laughs> to the Facebook group that basically alleges that the president has been stealing mailboxes uh, in order to further steal the election. What, what, I don't know if you've, got, uh, if you've got a take on this, but if you do, uh, go for it. I, I don't believe the president is stealing <laughs> mailboxes. Um, I don't believe that he instructed anybody to steal mailboxes. Um, I believe the post office has been a failing institution for a long no. time because it's not public and it's not private. It's a quasi-private institution where it's supposed to run independently and yet they can't raise their own rates. And so... First-class mail is what pays the bills, but first-class mail is dropping like a rock because we use email and, you know, uh, uh, file transfer and all sorts of mm -hmm. stuff. People just don't mail letters like they did before, and it's continuing to drop. And yet, you have to keep a post office and all these, you know, all these zip codes remain, right? You can't consolidate. Everybody votes against that. And so, they can't change their rates. They can't change their footprint. They can't change their delivery without Congress. And yet, Congress won't come in and let them do the things they need to do to be fiscally responsible. What's killing them, if you go look at their numbers, is their pensions. They have a very generous retirement program. But they're required to fund it, unlike, by the way, all the states. And so what happens every year is they say, well, you know, we call it made a billion dollars. These numbers are not right. But for example, made a billion dollars, but we owe three billion to our pension. So we lost two billion dollars in operation. That's what goes on every yeah. year. And so Congress is responsible for this failing institution. And yet Congress is now hauling them in front of, you know, Congress to testify on why they're failing. And it's like, I really can't tell you because you didn't do your job for the last 30 years. Is that what well, we say? So no, they, what they're doing is they're, they're hauling in the Trump flunky who's trying to sabotage the organization. Uh, and my own conspiracy theory is that all of the, the conspiracy theory about the stolen mailboxes was a ploy in order to give more funding to the USPS. That's my that's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> uh. Well, I, I so so all this comes amid a pandemic where people look and say, well, let's do mail in ballot. Right. And then they say, wait a second, if we're going to mail something, will it get we there? That's a really good question. And so th this is easy to solve. I, I could solve this. A 10-year-old could solve this. If you cannot say that a letter that you mail in one day before a deadline will get there, then mail it earlier. Oh, come on. Rodney, kind of an that's idea. Ridiculous. We need we we need to we need to have <laughs> I don't have the same thing. I mean, make it a month if you need to, right? Or something or or two weeks. That's yeah. just it. There's there, and so what happens in, in many jurisdictions for absentee ballot, and even some jurisdictions with mail-in, which is different, is that they allow you to register for the ballot in absentee, because clearly mail-in, they send it to everyone. But they allow you to register very close to the election date, which means they then have to mail it to you. You then have to mail it back. Instead of allowing that so close to the election, like you say, make it two weeks <laughs> out. And if you want to mail in your vote... Make it happen. Love you like a brother. Just do it at least seven days ahead of time. If it's not postmarked three days ahead of the election or five days ahead of the election, we're not going to count it and just leave it at that. But no, no. I mean, nobody wants to do that because it would it would make it easy.
And well, no, we need, need to make things as complicated and partisan as possible. Rodney, and there's more evidence, I think, mounting uh, to me, anyways. And I, I, I'm not sure if I posed this uh, to you or not last week, but uh, election night versus election week or potentially election month could be in our future. Right. Um, I'm, I'm less and less confident that this thing's going to be settled on November 3rd. What have you, uh, have you changed your stance on that, or, or what, what is your stance on that? I'm not sure if I asked you or not. <laughs> Well, I, we did talk about it. I don't think it's going to go a long time, but if we have a, a large mail-in ballot system, then we do have that potential. Um, I don't think it ruins democracy. I don't think it, you know, uh, plunges us into civil yeah. war, but it does make it a question. But it's a, it, it's a situation we create. We, we're the ones who start the whole thing. And so I, I find it, um, silly on the part of Congress. Uh, to do this when they're the ones who have the ability and authority to to fix it, right? And then you have these different um, election officials around the nation in every state who are allowing these dates for registration, mail out, and mail in to be so close. It's like, just change it. And if you're not willing to, don't tell me later that you have a problem. I recognized your problem before you <laughs> yeah. started. And if you study elections and became the election official, then by golly, you should know it too. Yeah. So. Uh, brilliant points, Rodney. Thank you so much. I'm going to move on to a couple of tiny things here. Um, we've got, uh, of course, on the on the subject of of COVID nineteen, as we're dealing with that, as their life has changed, we've got uh, New York Governor Cuomo taking a victory lap. Uh, we've got from uh, a tweet from Crown Publishing. We're excited to share this new book from Governor Andrew Cuomo: American Crisis: Leadership Lessons from the COVID nineteen Pandemic, on sale October third, twenty twenty. Now they they make it for uh, for pre order. Now I can't. There is a Rodney, there's a very fine print here as a as a subtitle. Um, I think it says "How to Kill Twelve Thousand Seniors in a Nursing Home." I think that's what that says. Uh, Rodney, what do you what do you what do you make of uh, the audacity to publish this book by by Governor Cuomo, who's who may be the worst performing uh, in turn, well in actual numbers is the worst performing governor. Uh, the idea that he would put out a book touting his response to me is ridiculous. What do you think? I think it takes a lot of hope. <laughs> I mean, not not because I mean, I clearly he believes, and many people are big supporters of Cuomo and how he handled it. Certainly, bigger lockdowns, and yes, more people have died in New York, but larger population, yeah. blah blah blah, higher density. So uh, he certainly did a lot of lockdowns and other things that seemed to work. Although how he handled the senior population with requiring nursing homes to take COVID patients wasn't yeah. good. Um, I, the book timing is one that has to make you go, hmm, because the way these viruses go, uh, there tends to be something of a lull in the summer. People are, are not as, you know, condensed, blah, blah, blah. And then you get this roaring second wave. And so arguably that's coming. And so it could be that the book is published just as he's seeing a big resurgence of cases <laughs> that would make this very terrible timing. Yeah. And so, um, the subtitle, instead of being, you know, what you said, could be something like, I really hope this works out for me. Um, but we'll see. I I wouldn't have done it if I was him. I think he could have managed it better. I, I don't think for a minute there's a, a governor out there who says, hey, man, I'd love to kill more of my <laughs> no. citizens. I, I, I don't see it. I'm an optimist, right? I think they want to do the right thing for both their their citizens who are at risk as well as their business owners, the general economy, the students in their state. And they're doing the best they can, uh, and they don't agree. Uh, what I really can't stand is that they keep 
fighting with each other over this instead of saying, hey, let's treat this like what it was supposed to be, which is now 50 individual states. They do things in different ways based on their population and circumstances. And let's learn from each other. Let, let, let's ask what's working really well in this state versus that one. Let's, let's look at how we're doing this across the nation and actually take the good from it instead of spending all of our time trying to bash on somebody like uh, that. It's more fun to bash. Uh, but, but I do appreciate your, your eternal optimism. Rodney, I want to go back a bit. We got a comment from Lori Vaughn says, uh, this is back on, uh, uh, mail-in balloting and all that stuff. I walk my ballots to the, to the ballot box. I never mail it back. See, see, Lori has short circuited, uh, what they thought was the, the diabolical, diabolical Trump plan. Uh, to steal the mailboxes and all that, you can just actually. Well, even better, you could actually just go vote um, in person, uh, or you could you could <laughs> fill out your ballot or drop it off at a ballot box. And if you're worried about mailboxes, what I and, uh, all, my own idea is, you, you just put it in your own mailbox and raise the flag. And then, uh, I mean, there's, there are, there are, if this was a bad, if this was a devious plan, it's uh, it doesn't seem like it has any choice of work or chance of working rather. <laughs> Well, and I believe Lori's point is she does vote in person. She, she, and she so, walks uh, into, yeah, you can I, walk, you can just hand in your ballot right at the polls. Yeah. And so, um, I, I, I love to do absentee ballot voting because, uh, I don't like to fight the yeah. crowds. Uh, it's not available in my state now, uh, unless you qualify over 65 disability, that sort of thing. Uh, but I haven't really worried about it either. Um, but then again, I don't live in a battleground. If, if, if I was in a battleground state, um, uh, perhaps I would, uh, think twice and make sure that I got it all the way to the, to the ballot box instead of relying on yep. the mail. But this is now, what it for is. For my part, just full disclosure, I live in Florida and I do vote by mail. Uh, but if, uh, if, if there was a, if they said you couldn't or whatever, and then I'd go vote in person. It's not a big deal. I mean, I don't, I don't consider it, uh, an absolute right of mine to mail in my ballot. Uh, and I just put it in my mailbox and I, 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 I naively trust the postal service that, that they'll get it there within, uh, I don't know. I usually mail mine out, you know, as soon as I get it, basically I fill it out and drop it in the box. So I'm giving it like, you know, two months or something. So I would, <laughs> I would hope there, despite their inefficiencies that the ballot will make it there in two months. Uh, so, Ronnie, right, let's move on to uh, last, or not the last thing, the second to last thing, uh, potentially here. Well, the, the, there was the DNC convention this week. Uh, Biden gave his speech. Yeah. I saw a, a couple of highlights of that. Um, and uh, some of the other things, some of the entertainment that the DNC chose was, was absurd. Uh, but basically a convention done on Zoom almost entirely, um, with the exception of, I believe, Biden's uh, speech last night, which was sort of in an, in an outdoor venue. Did you catch any of the DNC? And um, and, and I'll also oh God, you no. catch any, n- no. not even a, a bit. <laughs> No, I, 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 I don't listen to political speeches. I read them yeah, later, yeah. uh, much faster, um, and allows you to skip chunks, uh, and move along. Uh, so no, I, I did not catch okay, it. Okay. So since that's so boring, we, next week we have the RNC, RNC convention, uh, running Monday through Thursday. It's basically going to be a, oh, did you have something? Yeah. Let's, let's back oh. up. It's not that the convention was boring. Oh, okay. well, what? It's that the speeches are boring. Okay. <laughs> we nominated Joe Biden. Yeah who has been running for a very long time, uh, and we nominated Kamala Harris. And so it is historic uh, that we as a nation, one party in this nation, nominated a woman who is black and Indian descent to the second highest office in the nation. And many people, including myself, think that as a stepping stone to the highest office in the nation. And so that's that's pretty amazing. And that's that's worth stepping up and going, wow, you know, this is this is awesome. Now, 
how we all got here. I get it. And, and frankly, I, I think it was kind of silly of Joe Biden when he said long ago, well, I'm going to nominate a woman. It's like, so you're dismissing half of the people who could be qualified here, right? And so um, nominate the best person for the job. And there's no question that Kamala Harris has qualifications, right, as a prosecutor, a city attorney, and a sitting uh, senator. Right. Uh, I don't agree with her on politics uh, in some way. And, and as we've talked about before, she's a pragmatist, and so her politics do change some. But that's not the point. The point is looking at it and going, yeah, anybody, right? It goes back to the thing. Anybody can be president of the United States or vice president of the United States, and uh, that's pretty awesome. So I, I, I was, I was a fan of that. Well, I'm a fan. Well of that. said. Now, can I ask you then what what would um, what could these conventions do for their broadcast to make these more interesting for you to to, to maybe connect uh, what's happening on the ground uh, or maybe some of these milestones or whatever to make people want to watch them. <laughs> Well, there would have to be some sort of metric allowed uh, to gauge somebody speaking for platitudes, half-truths, and essentially um, baiting, right? Mm -hmm. Baiting the other yeah. side. And if you did any of those things, you got an electric shock. <laughs> and I would be a big fan. Now, this is for any party. I'm not anybody, right? This is not specific to the DNC or the RNC, right? But anytime you start to go off on something that talks about, you know, oh, there's some terrible things here and we need to change them or else we're all going to die tomorrow because this is the most important. How many, however many elections you've lived through, you've lived through all of the most important elections in the history of the United States. Because it's always said, and it's like, seriously, you deserve, you know, a little pop when you say that <laughs> to perhaps course correct and get you back to talking about something that's actually going to make a difference and be important to me. It's hilarious. Right now, I'm, uh, I'm typing in the chat here, Rodney, uh, asking everyone, should we shock politicians for lying? And then a the follow up there is lethal or non-lethal? Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not about hurting anybody. I'm about attention getting. And so, you know. Just a little jolt to say, hey, man, let's, let's course correct. Let's get back to talking about your policies, uh -huh. what you are going to do, how that's going to affect people. Let's let's be on on point. Uh, as mentioned earlier, Rodney, the RNC will have their convention uh, Monday next Monday through Thursday with Trump accepting the nomination from, I believe, the White House lawn uh, on Thursday night. Uh, how many shocks would the president get during his speech running into your regime? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's got to go both ways, right? I'm, I'm a fan of the equality here. And so, you know, if you're if you're going to put that little thing on your finger that gives you the little zap, then, you know, everybody's got to wear yeah. it. So. Uh, so so, I assume you <laughs> – I love this. Uh, so what, 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 you won't be watching any of the RNC either then out of uh, – okay. Uh, I'll probably watch Trump's speech um, just because I like the zinger sometimes. It kind of cracks me up. But I, I may not watch the entire thing. Um Rodney, let's close with some silliness. As we've seen, uh, 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 pr protesters turn to riots, turn to mass looting, turn to God knows what uh, in, in cities across America, particularly Chicago, as we saw. I believe that was last week, uh, where mass looting over a false rumor about a, a police shooting. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, we, we've got to, <laughs> so a statement from Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who's making sure that while there's all this chaos going around in the city and, you know, burning, looting, rioting, mass protesting, tearing down statues, all this stuff. The one thing that you can be sure of, Chicago residents, is that Lori Leifel will make sure that those bad actors will not come near her home. <laughs> she says, quote, I have the right to make sure that my home is secure. What about the rights of Chicagoans to make to, for you to make sure that their homes are secure, Rodney? What do you make of this nonsense? 
Well, and to make sure their businesses are protected. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do not. Well, that's not true. We all understand, right? We we can write the word hypocrite in front of a lot sure of things. Uh, and so this particular thing by uh, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, who said, well, she gets death threats, which makes it different. It's like, no, it just makes you a politician, right? Uh, the mayor of Pittsburgh did the same thing uh, where uh, he said he's not allowing protests on his street. Nice. And so it, it's just hypocrites. And uh, I, I find it disingenuous. And again, you know, we should be able to turn them off, turn them out or do something when they do this sort of thing. And so um, I I hope she walks that back in some way, but I doubt no, it. I, I- I agree with you 100%. Well, Rodney, that does it for us today. I want to thank all of you for comment, uh, comment, who commented, and thank all of you for watching. And of course, uh, if you if you happen to miss this or you catch it, if you want it, all of our uh, our, our archive is on our YouTube page, uh, YouTube.com/slash/BigImpactMedia. And I want you all to head over to InformedAmerican.com, where you can get, you can get real smart news in your inbox. Uh, Rodney, when they head on over there, or if they sign up with their email, what kind of stories can they expect to get uh, in their inbox over the next? couple of days well it's going to be this vote uh certainly over the weekend and what happens with the post office uh we're going to get into the last week of august schools are open in some places closing in others and so it's going to be the resurgence of the virus should be the big thing and uh potentially we're going to see um kind of higher restrictions right uh as we get into the fall and we see more cases because people are closer together and so i think that's just where we are uh, but next week uh, to your point as you watch many people will be watching the rnc and the big question is what will the donald say and i don't know the answer but we'll all find out <laughs> absolutely we will be here next friday maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll play a couple of clips from a trump speech i don't know we'll see what happens <laughs> for rodney johnson i'm dave oakenquist telling you to get informed america You've been listening to Get Informed America, brought to you by the Informed American Radio Network. Please like and subscribe today in order to get new exclusive weekly episodes. Any questions, thoughts, or comments can be sent directly to info at informedamerican.com. And don't forget to visit informedamerican.com to keep up with real, smart news. Until next time. Fight fake news and find common ground.